2: i <music> Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahad Sharma and Patrick Mooney, here to talk Cubs, and we've got to wipe the smiles and laughter off our faces. We were doing some chuckling and, and laughing before we record, but this is a serious podcast. There's no, there is no joking when it comes to the 2022 Chicago Cubs. No, no quips, no, uh... No laughter to be had. So uh, we'll get into very serious. I'm, I almost did a spit yeah, take there, Brett.
0: I'm, I was drinking some yes. water and almost.
2: Well, we as you, I, I kid of course as all you, you all know. Mooney is the the jokester of the of the pod. So he 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 did have some quips he wanted to drop, but we'll get to those, I suppose. No, I, I kid about the kidding. Uh, we try to keep it a little bit light because in a season like this, it's like, you know. Okay, Cubs have dropped another couple series after a they had a nice little stretch where we could do the thing where we're like, okay, they're showing some things for for the off season and for next year and while that's all still true, I think the last couple series are just just a reminder like, okay, but just by the way, they're still kind of bad. Just FYI, they're still kind of bad. And so I you have to almost have a bit of a lighter take on it if you want to uh get through this this final month and still enjoy the things that are there to be enjoyed. Uh to that end, series against the Giants. Cubs dropped two of three. You know, if I had to point to something good to take away from it or or nice or enjoyable, I, I mean I thought that was about as good as Drew Smiley has looked with the Cubs this year. Um and I think against the backdrop of, you know, we've we've seen and had or at least we have at bleacher nation a lot of the discussions about like hey does it make sense for the two sides to to talk about re-upping after this year and the challenge is always that you know smiley is pitching so well and he's so versatile um that that he could have a real crack at free agency and and really maybe put together a nice multi-year offer out there and is that going to make sense for the cubs when he's more of a a depth type guy and they have a decent amount of that and at the same time I, the closer we get to the actual off season, it's like, you know, can you, can you say they have that three, four, five, six, seven depth, like definitely locked up in the rotation. I mean, is, is Drew Smiley actually going to displace anybody, especially if the relationship is so strong that he really wants to return. And I don't know. I just, I watched that performance and I'm like, especially against Carlos Rodon. And it's like, ah, he's one of the, he's, the guy I want for the front of the rotation or among the options. Um, how much does it really muck things up if the Cubs were to, you know, bring back a smiley and add a Rodon? I just don't think that's too much starting pitching.
3: No, I, I... I mean, you can never have too much starting pitching, right? That's an easy answer right there.
2: You can. Right you, there, can. But. you
3: can. 20, you, your 26-man roster is all starting pitching.
2: That is too much starting pitching. That's a pitching. problem. Yes, yeah. The Maybe. Cubs do have 100 players
0: up for that 40-man yeah. roster crunch offseason, too. too much. I there mean, is too I much starting pitching.
3: Uh, I think, I mean... You touched on it there, but Smiley loves being here. Uh, there's no doubt he's really happy being with the Cubs. I think he'd love to be with a more competitive Cubs team as well. And and obviously that's that's the hope for 2023. Uh, I mean, we touched on this last week, right? I mean, it, the Dodgers are never afraid to have their pitching depth uh, wait a little bit longer in AAA or work out of the bullpen for a little while. Uh Good teams don't worry about that. If you're trying to win, you're going to constantly have these issues where... If if you're trying to win and you have the development that the Cubs... Uh, seem to be uh, able to have now with their pitching these are going to be issues that pop up every year you want to have these issues and the reality is as much as I I see like flashes from Javier Assad and we we have two outings now from Hayden Wisniewski and he's he's not as perfect as he was against the Reds when he faces a slightly better team uh you know those guys should be depth going into next year. I don't think anybody should be guaranteed a spot right now outside of Stroman and Steele, and then a hopefully healthy Kyle Hendricks. Right, I'm not sure if I'm missing anyone there. Even Keegan Thompson, if you if you push someone, if if he gets pushed out of the rotation and he's a bullpen piece, that's not the worst thing to happen. You know, he can continue to develop. He can continue to be a spot starter guy, whatever it is. I mean, if you're concerned about Drew Smiley's. Uh, health throughout the season yeah I mean then you have the that's what all these other guys are for right but I he loves it here he looks like uh he's figured some things out with the Cubs uh you put a better defense behind him and and he improves all the more uh and he's just he's always been when healthy a quality pitcher whether it's like long relief role or just a a back-end starter and he can he's he has playoff experience I think I think it makes all the sense in the world to explore something and and I you know I don't know if the Cubs are going to reach out to him but uh the way that option is set up I don't think uh that's going to work out so it it just needs to be something where the Cubs kind of reach out and see what he's thinking and if it makes sense you know maybe it's a two-year deal type thing and and he can he can play a couple more years with the Cubs and and get that experience of uh, playing for a competitive Cubs team which I think he'd he'd love would I know he'd love to do
0: yeah I'm circling back to something I think we mentioned last week of not that we're going to become an Iowa Cubs podcast but I think a good scenario is having Caleb Killian, Hid Wasneski, Javier Assad at AAA a Iowa, then you stack Wicks, Hers, Brown at AA a Tennessee and just giving yourself a chance to weather the inevitably the inevitable injuries that happen every year and I think Everyone can get, get on board with the Cubs uh, bring back Drew Smiley. I think even Wade Miley, too. I mean, these guys love him in the clubhouse, and he brings a lot. But you have to also invest on the front end of the rotation, too. And I, I think the Cubs are very aware of that. Uh, Jed Hoyer said it the other day, uh, and he said it many times, you, you can't have enough pitching depth you never feel like you have it and that's going to be a a major priority so I think all these moves as long as they work in concert everyone you know everyone's fine with Smiley and or Miley coming back it's just that you need if not a number one guy we know there's not that many of those out there but just someone who's made 30 plus starts more than once someone who's approached 200 innings earlier in his career I mean you have to bring that in if you want to be serious about just not even contending for a World Series, but just being like a relevant team uh into the summer, next summer.
2: And we know those guys are very expensive, of course, and which transitions well, I think, into uh Chicago Cubs owner and chairman Tom Ricketts was uh there this weekend as the Cubs were adding their new Hall of Fame class uh, at Wrigley Field to, to the Hall of Fame there, Pat Hughes, Jose Cardinal, and Buck O'Neill. And, um, you know, Ricketts is, does not speak all that often with the media, so it's notable when he does, and it's I think it's worth seeing what he has to say when he does, but, um, you know, I, there wasn't a ton of meat on his comments, I don't think. There was, I think, understandable interest in, okay, you know, you guys have said... I believe aggressive has been the word um, in in terms of pursuing options in free agency. Nothing specific, nothing committal, and the uh, description in response to that is mostly just the same that we've heard before, which is, I've got baseball ops guys who handle that, and you know we we supply what's what's available in the budget, and they use it however they want, and I trust them to do it, and that's that. And I don't know if you guys had any other takeaways from the comments but I I wanted to at least mention them again because it's sufficiently rare that Tom Ricketts does speak on these topics publicly but I didn't I didn't notice anything that really jumped out at me
3: no I mean Patrick was there so I'll let him uh, address it more thoroughly but it felt like to me and correct me if I'm wrong Patrick that it was kind of like throwing the ball to to Jed and saying so you know we 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 have the money it's how Jed wants to spend it Type thing. It's not like I'm not holding him back. We have a certain budget, but here's it. Let, I'm not going to stop Jed from doing what he wants to do, type thing.
0: Yeah. I thought it was noteworthy on a, a couple levels. One, that he did stop after a group of us staked him out on the concourse, um, that he was not with any PR handlers, um, that his body language, uh, and kind of how he interacted with us showed uh, more kind of I don't know confidence than he has in in the past. Not to read too much into that, but you know when he does talk, you have to pay attention. And I thought uh, there were some mixed messages of you can't buy a championship, you know, caliber baseball team um, that we are going to be aggressive this winter. I support Jed if he thinks there's the right player out there and it's the right time. Uh, no alarm bells from his end on the empty seats at Wrigley Field, so uh, they're not going to be uh, signing those whatever sexy players that uh, Red Sox owners wanted Theo to get for uh, the Red Sox back in the day, but at the same time, you know, he was kind of rattling off developments within the organization that uh gives him confidence of where they're going and that certainly ties into like why Jed would be thinking bigger um this off season. And I'd say the one thing that I wanted to ask and didn't really get a chance to get into because uh someone had asked about lessons learned from the last rebuild and they said, "Well, we've done this once before." with largely the same group of people, so I'm confident. And like, well, you you won the World Series, but you didn't sustain it the way you thought you would. And this is really like a largely unproven, totally different group. And I do wonder, and he's kind of alluded to this before, he thought there'd be more in player development. He thought that the farm system would have produced more coming off the World Series, and I'm really curious like what he really thinks about what happened in those intervening years after the World Series and kind of before Joe Madden left and like what he sees as difference makers now. And I think as an owner, he would benefit from talking to us more and in essence talking to the fans and expressing his point of view because at this point he's been doing it a long time. Um, He's not a novice owner um, anymore, but – I think you can take, you know, him stopping and talking. Uh, We'll get into what David Ross said on Sunday about the free agent class of shortstops. Jed's comments throughout the year, like, it doesn't take Tom Ricketts pounding the table for the Cubs to, like, spend a lot this offseason. Like, it has been cut so far down to the bone that there's almost only one way to go from here, and I think that, um, you know, not that we're, they're going to be throwing parades for, like, three minor league affiliates making the playoffs, but, like, this in 2019 might have been the worst farm system in the game, and, like, their overall record was just atrocious, and when you see individual players pop, when you see a wave of pitching on the horizon, and when you see, like, teams actually winning games at the minor league level uh, for a system that was really kind of theoretical with a lot of you know driveline stuff and you know hitting lab stuff and you know looking great for the you know motion captured cameras like them going out and winning games I think is not uh totally insignificant and that's why you know I get why Cubs fans may not believe it or take them at face value and you know I've saw it on Twitter of oh, I've heard this before but like all signs are pointing towards just a huge off season, and there's kind of no no way around it. They'd have to really <laughs> overthink it, or something dramatic will have to happen in the next couple weeks and months that we have not foreseen. But you know, all signs are pointing in this direction.
2: Well, let's let's run with that because I think you summed up well, um, Ricketts' comments and the the that tension between um, <clears throat> wanting to lean on the previous experience and the championship and say, see, you know, we've done it before. And I, I trust that while avoiding the reality that there were a significant number of flaws in that process and how it actually played out that are specifically being addressed by the current iteration of the front office, which I agree is, um, is actually quite different than the group back in 2013, 14. I think there's been quite a bit more turnover than, um, than those comments reflected. But I think that I chalk that up only to just sort of speaking off the cuff and not, I mean, I didn't really have any issue with it. Um, and I took it to be, uh, like you said, there wasn't anything in the comments that made me think, Oh man, they're still going to be holding back. Like uh, they're, they're bracing, they're bracing us for another opportunistic winter as opposed to, anything else and so that was the checkpoint because you know that tom ricketts is not going to be out there saying yeah man we're going to be spending like crazy this offseason um that's just it's not in his dna it's not in the front office's dna how many times have we heard jed hoyer say there's no strategic advantage in telling the world yeah we're gonna spend a lot so you're just never gonna get that from them
1: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone And
2: that, that I think is, is an interesting way to set up, um, David Ross being someone who's speaking about these topics. Not that I'm saying he went whole hog in, in another direction, but I think his perspective is slightly different than the front office and ownership. Um, and I think what he said when asked, uh, and and he's, he's spoken about this topic before generally, like how much, you know how close is this team? You see it every day, you know, so what would make sense this offseason to do? Um, you know, very interestingly was asked specifically about the shortstop market and whether, you know, how does it make sense for the Cubs to pursue when they've got Nico Horner, who's breaking out as one of the best shortstops in baseball. And I thought Ross's response to that was both very thoughtful and very telling. And so I don't know if you want to run with that Mooney. Cause I think that you, you wrote that up in a great piece uh, this morning at the athletic, and then we can respond.
0: I can set up the scene, which will lead into Sadev. Who's you know, talked to Ross a lot over, over the years, but uh, I think has some insight into this too. And I just wanted to set the scene yesterday, obviously a gray rainy long day at Wrigley field. And, For an ESPN Sunday night game, it was a pretty small media crew. I don't know if there was even a camera in the interview room. But Ross walks in and is like, how about those Bears? And kind of joking about that. And it wasn't the kind of like, you know, marquee TV show like for pregame. And I think Ross was uh, a little looser. And uh, Jared Willis from uh chgo just kind of brought up an idea that we've talked about before and sahadev has written about before of just like what would you tell nico uh if you do sign a shortstop or how is that situation going to you know play out and you know ross's point uh which has been consistent is that nico's a winner he'll do whatever you ask and he went through how you know this guy you know, came off the couch and replaced you know a huge name in Javi Baez he moved to second became a gold glove finalist you know he uh, absolutely won that shortstop job when the Cubs brought in a gold glove winner uh, in Simmons and then Ross was asked another question I think about you know Nico's overall game kind of his uh, you know stolen bases this year and then I'm actually I'm just laughing at myself because I have like the mask on and I'm kind of surprised at how Ross is kind of rolling here. And I I barely got a question out. I was like, so with, you know, when Jed asked you, uh, you know, you'd be all for a new shortstop. Right. And I gave like a thumbs up sign. It was like super awkward. And uh, he just ran with it. And, you know, to me, it was the strongest public acknowledgement of this is what they're planning. And, you know, his analogy he said something like, oh, this is a bad analogy, and he pointed at Gordon Wittmeyer from NBC Sports. He said, Gordon's going to probably rip me for it, but, you know, it's like when you want to buy a new car, but you don't have to, you can be picky, right? And then he said something like, I don't know if I'm sounding like my dad here or something like that, but, uh, you know, the quote, you know, was, I think everybody's on board with that, including myself and Nico. Those are good problems to have. We'll let the front office kind of pick and choose on that. So... Ross may have his preferences. He's not going to get, you know, he's going to stay in his lane. But as the guy who has to wear it before and after every game, that's what he's paid to do. He absolutely wants one of those all-star shortstops, and then he can figure out the rest later. That would be the easiest part of his job, right, Sahadev?
3: Yeah, I think uh, at the end there you nailed it as far as Ross's feelings, right? He doesn't want to hesitate on this stuff because he hates this. He hates losing. He hates being undermanned. He he'll he'll put on a good face and talk to us, uh, you know, 162 times over the course of the season plus spring training and all that, and he understands the process, but he's not he doesn't like losing. I mean, Patrick will tell you he's he's kind of grumpy still after losses. Everyone knows they're not going to win a lot of games. These games, these losses aren't that meaningful. If anything, they may help them a little as far as draft status, right? And and he's still a little, like, he, he gets the ass after these games. And it's just, it's almost like... Uh, You got to be careful with asking like I'm curious how he's going to react when they're competitive like we're going to like we don't push him right now because it's like well we don't need to push him because this this singular loss doesn't really matter all that much but uh, absolutely he he'll take the best players you can find and figure out where they can play and how they play best over the course of the spring and into the season nico is down with it nico wasn't like yeah yeah go go get a shortstop i'll happily move to second he's not like that right he's but he says i'll do whatever the team needs me to do if it means more wins uh that's all he cares about is winning he wholeheartedly believes in himself and believes that he can play shortstop uh, for a winning ball club but if the move is to go get Correa, to go get Trey Turner, or if Xander Bogarts really wants to stay it short, whatever it is, if that's the move that the Cubs make, Nico Horner isn't going to complain about that. He's they, they these guys want to win, uh, and they know that getting the best players and surrounding this team with uh, like uh, infusing this team with impact talent is what's needed. Uh, I I I mean Patrick said it, but that's it seems like. Like We've been pounding this for months, right? This isn't anything new for the three of us, but I, I think we continue to see more evidence that that's kind of what they're looking to do. Can they execute it? Can they pull it off? Will it happen? That's that's really what we'll be focusing on this winter, but I'd be surprised if they're not aggressive, if they're not linked to multiple of those names once free agency begins, and and if we don't, start hearing and and you know it, it comes down to oh uh player at carlos correa is down to the cubs and uh, player this other team or xander bogart's down to the cubs and this other team i think we're going to start hearing that and and i'd be very surprised if they don't i shouldn't say I'll, i'm never surprised when a team doesn't land uh, a player but i, I think Jed whore is going to do what it takes because it just doesn't make sense to not to sit out this free agency to not go after an uh, impact player that it just like you can't, you can't wait. You can't sit on your hands and and hope the prospects uh, pan out. Uh, it, I think we all agree there. It's it, it makes a lot of sense, and uh, it wasn't. It, it was nice to see that Ross was saying those things publicly, but I, I I'm not surprised by it. Uh, he's he wants to win. He he does not like where this team is right now, even if he does understand the process. So. You gotta you gotta spend to to get there, and I think uh, a shortstop makes all the sense in the world. As does pitching. They have to address both areas, and I think and I think we'll see a well, lot of movement. And this coincidentally,
2: winter. but completely appropriately, we got a reminder this weekend of another reason why it was always silly to set up this discussion as like, well, you can't add a shortstop in free agency. You already have Nico Horner. Well, setting aside the. Uh, the reality of like you want as many good bats as possible and Nico Horner is the kind of guy who is going to move if necessary and just be awesome wherever he goes because he wants to win. You set that aside and you you reminded Nico Horner left last night's game with an arm issue and although he's been exceedingly healthy this year, uh, he hasn't always been healthy and no player is necessarily always healthy. And then you had Nick Madrigal also going on the injured list this weekend with another groin issue and it's like a reminder there that second base is far from locked up on this team going forward and who on this roster would be the best second baseman. If you had to pick someone and well, it would be Nico Horner. And so it it just, it was a good reminder, especially when set up against David Ross's comments. And again, nothing negative coming from Tom Ricketts that there's just no reason for the Cubs not to pursue one of these shortstops. There's no good reason other than good old fashioned baseball reasons, you know, where they're like, well, this guy, here are our concerns with his, his aging curve and here's his skill set. All that kind of stuff we sort of set aside for separate discussions about each player. But philosophically, there is no reason for this Cubs team at this moment with this roster to be out on that group of players. It never made any sense. Uh, and this weekend was a reminder of why it. Doesn't make sense for them to sit it out. So, I agree. I, with...
3: No, uh, go ahead. Sorry, no. I was just going to say I get a lot of comments whenever I write about this or allude to it in a piece. Like, well, Madrigal's finally hitting. Finally, you're really gonna. What, what are you gonna do with him? It, third injury, third muscle injury, right back, groin, groin. He's sitting. He likely. I mean, uh, I read his comments uh, on Twitter. It sounds like I, I think. Seems like Patrick, I'm not sure if you spoke to him the other day, but it sounds like it almost would be a surprise if he plays again this year. He's not going to push it. He's not going to try and force himself back in. I mean, I I give him all the credit in the world for coming back from that injury, uh, not allowing his confidence to completely get sunk after that dreadful start to the season. Clearly a different hitter when he's 100% healthy, but it'd be absolutely insane if the Cubs were penning him in at second base going into next year. Not, not talking about performance just on his availability. He hasn't proven that he can play a full season and that's no knock on. That's not a knock on his skills. Like he's, I think when he's healthy and when he's a, he's a quality player, right? I think uh, uh, he got ripped too much for a lot of things, early on, uh, both his defense and his ability at the plate. He's not going to hit a bunch of homers, but uh, I, th- I thought we saw something interesting uh, over the course of a month there. Uh, but it, banking on him to stay healthy, uh, the body type was always a concern, right? And, and you know, the Cubs are going to have a, a plan for him this offseason, and maybe it works out, and maybe he, he can stay healthy. But it, there's no reason you uh, change – free agent plans based on the fact that Nick Madrigal's on the roster. Uh, it, it shouldn't be something that you even, that really enters the discussion like, oh, well we have Madrigal for second. What are we going to do that? That shouldn't be part of the equation. It's like, oh, we're building depth. We're creating a really deep, talented team. That should be the only answer to that. Like this is how you create a deep roster, deep and talented roster. If he's healthy and, and performing That's the bonus. That's the bonus that happens when you sign this stud shortstop.
0: For his part, Madrigal on Sunday said he's not shutting it down, that he should have some more clarity by the end of this week or early next week like he would like to play. But clearly the focus for him and the organization is on next season. I thought he was uh, pretty open about (laughs) – where he's at of just like my body's out of whack like this is a the biggest off season you know i've probably ever had and i need to make major changes which i thought was pretty refreshing uh not that i've spent a ton of time around nick Madrigal, but it felt like earlier in the season it was just kind of like i'm good here's my process like and that's what you have to do as a player like i'm not uh i don't begrudge him for that like you know you've got to kind of keep a certain mindset to perform every day but like the rest of the Cubs uh reality sunk in a long time ago and you know you can see it in Tom Ricketts posture or how Jed has been around the on the field more during batting practice at Wrigley Field or the way Ross or Magical have answered some of these questions that like they're in offseason mode already I mean they're going to play in new york and they're going to get ready for that series and whatever but like the thinking has shifted and they can talk about this publicly a lot uh easier and with madrigal the cubs hired a new head of strength and conditioning and he's touched base with madrigal uh, who lives in arizona and will be spending a lot of time uh, at the facility Uh, i you know brought up to ross of you know at this time last year there were a lot of questions about Nico's durability and ability to play a 162 game schedule and Ross immediately said that's the exact conversation we just had with Nick and um it wouldn't surprise me if the Cubs do figure something out and Magical does return and hit 300 I mean that's been his track record as a player everywhere he's been kind of up until now and that if he can stay healthy certainly a nice piece to put in your lineup but like everyone understands now this is not a guy you're penciling in to your opening day lineup next year that he is a contingency plan maybe an insurance policy a nice bonus but not a core player at this moment to build
2: around the way that nico is all right i think that all that all tracks um we will be back at you uh on thursday and the cubs as Mooney said uh, head to new york try to play a little spoiler um and you know these conversations are gonna be ongoing but uh i dig the way that uh you know we can touch on individual players within the context of these bigger conversations that we're having and i think that's what it'll look like over the next month and so um yeah i guess that was just applauded for you guys good good work today good work today uh This is on Twaveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. Get theirs at The Athletic. We appreciate you as always. Take care. Be well.